So welcome to the podcast, episode 90. Good to have you here with us, uh, wherever we are, in the car, whatever. Um, thanks for coming along. So in this podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, campus uh, intolerance, campus intoleristas. I know I've touched on this before in previous uh, podcasts, but, but as it happens, as I'm recording this, uh, just last night, um, uh, we had an event on the U of I campus, and it was uh, another demonstration of what we're dealing with, what we're up against. Uh, we just had our Grace Agenda, our annual uh, conference here, and our speaker for Grace Agenda was C.R. Wiley, um, Chris Wiley, and he stayed over. He stayed over through the the weekend and did a special campus event. Um, gave a talk on toxic uh, matriarchy. And uh, we had a classroom reserved on the U of I campus, and it was sponsored by Collegiate Reform Fellowship. And, and the word got out that someone was speaking on campus about toxic uh, matriarchy. They all jumped to conclusions about what he would, in fact, be saying, and all of it bad. And so they organized a counter event and, and the night before making posters, and they're going to come, come to the talk. And, and so... Uh, a lot of great publicity uh, for it, and I'm, I'm guesstimating, but I think the hostels were about a third of the crowd. The place was jam-packed. The room was packed out, and uh, about two-thirds, I think, people there to hear the talk were, were Christians, friendlies, but a, a robust contingent of uh, hecklers. Um, Chris did a fantastic job opening up. I think he, I think he really disarmed them at the very... Uh, beginning and the sensation that I had, and, and this is, um, I'm going to be giving you um, not a reporter, uh, reporters or a journalist's blow-by-blow account of what happened. He he gave his talk about uh, 40, 45 minutes on toxic matriarchy, matriarchy, and then we had a a Q and a Q and A session where they could text uh, questions in, and I asked the questions to Chris, and we so we had about a half an hour of uh, Q and A that way, but the um, the thing was striking to me in the middle of all the heckling was sort of this undercurrent of uh, respect and hunger. Um, I believe that this these kids who were um, in there heckling and and jeering and laughing at you know various things were uh, just a bunch of fatherless kids, and he disarmed them at the very beginning by speaking to them like a dad. Um, and also in the course of his talk, um, early on in the talk, he, um, uh, he brought out the uh, popular children's book, uh, Are You My Mother?, which has been uh, selling well for a number of uh, generations now. And he read the whole, read the whole book. And I think the, uh, that's, that was another striking thing. The hecklers had not had a grown-up read to them a story for ever. And it was really striking how it affected them because they, they had enough people there where they could have shut down the event. As it did, they just sort of jeered at it, made fun of it, went along with it. But there was some sort of hesitance that they had about just um, blowing the whole blowing the whole thing up. Too often, uh, conservative Christians look at campus radicals, campus intoleristas, and all they see are the uh, 
is the social justice warrior type. All they see is the uh, is the fanatical uh, political side of it. But uh, these are kids that have never had anyone love them enough to say no. Um, and all they've been is fated and flattered and, and pampered for a long, long time. And they are just um, miserable. And uh, and one time in the course of his talk, Chris said that motherhood was one of the greatest consolations uh, that a woman can have. And and they all laughed and jeered at that. We, um, being Becoming a mother is one of the greatest consolations that a woman can have in this world. And they... They just were just reacted negatively to that, and he stopped and said, "That this is really remarkable. Are you saying that you're not a, that you are not a consolation to your mother?" And the reaction again was overwhelmingly negative. No, of course not. Who? What's a, what a crazy idea is that? I think we have to understand what I'm. What I want this to come down to is, I think that we have to see campus activism and this kind of glomming on to socialism and identity politics and all of this as being a thin veneer cover to a vast cavernous father hunger. Um, these kids are lost without a dad. And, and, and what we have to offer them in the gospel is a restoration of their relationship with their father in heaven. Put another way, this is not a political problem. Uh, Campus politics is not a political problem. Campus politics is a spiritual problem. And it's going to be addressed with straight up the middle, uh, straight up the middle gospel preaching. Uh, Let me tell you about the way back to the Father. Let me tell you how you can have a Father. Let me tell you how you can be restored. So in uh, my book review portion of uh, today's podcast, episode 90, in case you forgot, I I wanted to talk about Blood-Bought World uh, by my friend uh, Toby Sumter. This is uh, published by Canon Press. It's it's really a great uh, book. Um, And and I want to uh, talk about, I think, its chief virtue, which is its ability to present basic, orthodox, confessional, biblical truths in a way that manifests the inherent, tumblesome nature of these things. In other words, orthodoxy is not orthodusty. Orthodoxy is not like a row of butterflies pinned to poster board uh, where everything's in place, but everything it's all dead. That's not what orthodoxy is real orthodoxy um, is like a cavalier. Uh, real orthodoxy is robust uh, and aggressive and valiant and eager to fight for the truth and eager to to, to proclaim the praise of um, uh, of that truth. And and bloodbought world is very much like that. You find yourself talking about. Um, uh, as you as you read through this book that that Toby wrote, you find yourself um, dealing with certain basic scriptural truths that every Christian, for the most part, knows. Jesus died. For, you know, for, for example, um, Jesus died for our sins, or 
Jesus presents an alternative way of being human. Jesus presents another way of uh, doing this. Uh, and, and we can sometimes uh, encase these sentiments in what you, I might call uh, catechetical varnish, where you, you, you put the truth there on the table and then you, you put a couple layers of varnish over it and you stick it to the table and there it is. Uh, what, what Toby does is he, is, is he repeatedly says, okay, let's look at this, this one from the back or let's hold this one up to the mirror and look at it that way. Let's um, look at this from the side. What, what happens if we take the confession that Jesus is Lord and we, and we take it seriously and rambunctiously? And that's what this uh, book is. It's a rambunctious walk through basic orthodox tenets of the faith, showing how, um, uh, I think, revealing how important it is for us to learn how to think that way, how important it is for us to learn how to react that way. It's just a, uh, just a very fine book. Um, as it happens, um, Nancy and I have a, a time of reading in the morning. We scripture reading together and we're um, reading, we read through George Herbert's poems and are now reading his uh, Country Parson. And then there's a book we read together. So uh, we recently read aloud Blood Bought World, working through it in the morning. And it's just a, um, it was a very edifying exercise. Good book. I commend it to you. Blood Bought World by Toby Sumter. So, podcast episode ninety. We are we've come to our hamartiology section. You remember hamartios is the uh, Greek word for sin, uh, falling short, and uh, we're going through the Greek New Testament. Uh, still haven't gotten out of the Alphas yet. Uh, looking at everything that is described in the New Testament as being sinful in some way. This one is the uh, has to do with the word antithesis. The word antithesis is found one time in the Greek New Testament, referring to the opposition that false information or knowledge uh, present to the faith. So the faith is on one side, and then someone comes against it with false information or false knowledge. And that false information or false knowledge is, um, is antithesis. Perhaps we should call this false info uh, info, I-N-F-A-U-X, info. And, and Paul says this in 1 Timothy 6, 20 and 21. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. And here we are 2,000 years later, and some folks are still at it. Oppositions of false uh, of oppositions of science, or in the older sense, science simply meant knowledge. Oppositions of knowledge, falsely so called. So, when you preach the gospel, there will be an antithesis. When you preach the gospel, there will be vain opposition. There will be information that's brought to bear against it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then the antithesis is going to be Darwin. Um, God said to Moses on Mount Sinai that he is the only God and we are to have no other gods. And um, the antithesis comes with the claim that we can fashion our own gods or that we can be our own God. No, 
You've spent a pleasant half hour with podcast proprietor Douglas Wilson. This podcast is produced by Canon Press. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. To hear more from Doug, please visit canonpress.com.